podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I know I'm certainly looking forward to the games this Saturday, and I know how I'm going to start my day before the kickoff. It's with a nice hot cup of coffee. And the coffee I plan to drink this Saturday is Lazy Fair Coffee. Ethically sourced coffee beans from all over the world, roasted right in the heart of Big 12 country in DFW. They've got a variety of great flavors, including dark and light roasts. Uh, if I might make a suggestion, the Cafe Cubano is definitely one you're going to want to try. I'm also a big fan of the Tanzanian Delight if you want another option as well. Don't forget they've also got a great dry rub. It's wonderful for whatever you're going to throw on the grill. So go to LazyFairCoffee.com, L-A-Z-Y-F-A-I-R, coffee. At checkout, enter the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, you get 10% off your order. By the way, if you live in the DFW area, which I think quite a few of our listeners do, you can get free delivery. Okay, so free delivery and 10% off. That sounds like a great deal on a really, really good bag of beans. So visit LazyFairCoffee.com, L-A-Z-Y-F-A-I-R, coffee. Use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, get 10% off your order, and enjoy a really, really good cup of coffee this Saturday morning. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, as always, Philip Slavin, and as it is Monday, joining me as usual, Jamie Steyer. Hello! Good to be back. I hope you missed me. Always, always, Jamie. And Andy Mitz. I am surprisingly not as upset about that West Virginia-Kansas game as I thought it would be, so I'm doing pretty good tonight. Let's do it. That's good. That's good. We're going to get to that game in a minute. Uh, this, of course, is the podcast that covers all 10 teams of the Big 12 Conference. We are not Fox Sports or ESPN who bends over and spreads their cheeks for the Big 10 like they're going to be doing this weekend uh, to make sure that the Big 10, who deserves to not play football and then hastily try and bring football back, should now be treated like some sort of royalty uh, on account of their, oh, uh, oops. Uh, and so... <laughs> I just want to make sure I got this correct. Fox's big noon Saturday is Nebraska or is, is Ohio State at Nebraska, a game that should never have since 1991 basically have like a big anything. Uh, and then ESPN's like, ah, oh, crap, I got that one. All right, we'll do Michigan, Minnesota, which is like, Woo-hoo. okay, sweet, 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 like whatever. Get it out. Just go ahead and get it out. Just blow that Big Ten load, and let's move on with the rest of the season because I think most of college football is like, all right, well, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we've been doing this for a minute. Good luck getting six games in, but uh, whatever. Say lovey. Uh, okay. It's always fun to take a giant turd on the Big Ten and anybody else. Okay, those games uh, are going to be garbage, and it's going to be well-deserved for those oh. networks. I mean <laughs> – I think that the Kansas-West Virginia game, which was an ugly game, will have been a more competitive game than the Ohio State-Nebraska game was going to watch on Saturday. I'd say people will watch. I will not watch. Uh, There are two uh, Big 12 games on at 11 a.m., and we'll talk about those later. Uh, For the Big 12 on Saturday, I will be watching one of those instead. So let's hop into Kansas and West Virginia. Look, say whatever you want. The game deserves its due. Uh, Kansas 
came out nice, nice start. Tenno, Tenno starts the game, and then and then West Virginia was just able to to pull away and and eventually just out talent and outplay a Kansas team that's just not great this year. Sorry, Andy. Um, I will say this: I appreciate that uh, that Puka return that got me the over, which was really nice, and uh, I appreciate that as uh, someone who has to make picks on Thursdays. And uh, I got a two and zero week, so I'm very excited about that. Andy is our, our resident Kansas fan. You said you weren't feeling too bad after Saturday. Um, why? Why is that? Well, well, look, I went into that game expecting that by the end of the first quarter, they would be down 21 nothing or something ridiculous like that. And, you know, the fact that they were able to hang in that game time, you know, the Kansas defense had a phenomenal day. It's not going to look like it when you look at the box score at the end of the day. But when you have an offense that can't do anything at all and a West Virginia running game that is supposed to be good this year, like eventually they're going to break through. And that's what we saw about, you know, towards the very end of the third quarter, you know, they finally started to find the holes on the offensive line. They finally really started to get that running game going. But I, I believe I looked up the stat at that point. And like, normally I'm not a big time of possession guy, except when it comes to wearing down the defense in the second half. And at that point in the game, I believe there was like a minute left in the third quarter. And I believe that West Virginia was almost two and a half to one on the time of possession. And so, I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. That defense was absolutely balling out for a good portion of the game you know uh and so like I, I don't know what else you can really expect from this kansas team until they get the offensive line figured out the offense isn't going to go anywhere the only thing that i learned about that offense is that miles kendrick absolutely is not the guy for them at quarterback and that he should only be playing as long as the other two have injury issues his his decision making was absolutely horrible the touchdown pass that he threw to andrew parchment was complete luck it should have been picked and honestly probably could have gone for six the other way bounced off the defender's hands right into andrew parchment's hands in stride allowing him to waltz in the to the end zone miles can absolutely horrible in the game he has no business i think being a division one quarterback um, at least not at the power five level and i'm a little bit ashamed that i was riding so hard for him coming into the offseason it's pretty clear now why it was such a tough decision for them. Yeah, I mean, I will say that I think that there was more of a portion of what looked like a respectable game than maybe anyone expected going into it. So, hey, I mean, you go into it and you get a little bit of something to start off the game and you take the, you know, quote unquote lessons with the rest of it. But at least you had that that little bit of a start to it. Yeah, I kind of came away from this game and props to West Virginia. They got the win. I'll say something. Let me say some nice things. Congrats on having what I think is now statistically like, or like the number one total defense in the Big Twelve right now, and and props to uh, Letty Brown, who I believe is at number four nationally at, at rushing yards per game. I like Letty Brown. He put on. He was West Virginia's offense for much of that game on Saturday. Like I don't think he's going to end up as a first team running back in the Big Twelve at the end of the season. Just because there's but, so many good ones. But, oh, because, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's just it. Not because he's not deserving, but because there's so many good ones. But but he was very impressive. I think he's been very impressive for West Virginia. But what I saw on Saturday was Kansas played. Kansas' defense looked good, and credit to Kansas' defense. West Virginia's defense looked good, credit to West Virginia's defense. I also think that's more a story of two defenses who played well, but also two offenses that weren't very good. Two things can be true like these two truths can coexist and say two good defensive performances one i think is a good defense um but two bad offensive performances that kind of propped those up 
I'm not, it's not that I don't like West Virginia. I don't think they're going to be a, a horrible team this season, and they may end up in the top half of the Big 12 standings by the end of the season. They may be in the top five at the end of the year. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a very good offense. I think Nagy is really okay, and I, I just I don't believe in West Virginia's offense that much. I definitely don't believe in Kansas's offense, but part of that's because they can't settle on a quarterback or keep one healthy. I think this is just what we thought it was going to be, which was a matchup between uh, an okay, good team versus a bad team, and it, that's kind of how the final score indicated for us. Yeah, I mean, and really, I think this game more than anything you know, solidified in my mind that West Virginia probably should have lost that game against Baylor. They were very fortunate to win the game the way that they did against Baylor. And they did not have a very good performance. Their defense allowed them to stay in it. And, you know, for this particular game as well, like if their defense did not have the, the, the day that they actually had, Kansas offense could have potentially started to move some stuff and, and maybe could have made it so that it would have been a lot harder for that West Virginia offense, you know, to, to be able to, to come back with a, a few Letty Brown gigantic runs. And so that defense is making the West Virginia team right now. It's not something we're used to seeing from big 12 teams, but the big 12 has some sneaky good defenses this year that I don't think they're going to get any kind of credit for because everyone's going to say, Oh man, Oklahoma and Texas are down this year and the offenses aren't you know playing well. So something's wrong with the big 12 and nobody's any good at all. Yes. Um, so of course that was the only game that we had this week in the Big 12, thanks to Baylor and their inability to get COVID under control. And I understand that games are going to get delayed. We knew this was going to happen. And I understand that this is a virus that's out of people's control. Um, and I saw people being like, you know, if it happens to your team, how are you going to react? Well, it's happened to Florida. Uh, ironically, right after their head coach decided that they should have more fans in the stands. Okay, it has happened to Baylor twice now. Um, and I and I, I tried to start coming around, and I wanted to come into this and be like, it's happened. I was overreacting. I'm, I'm, I'm going apologize to Baylor. And then the images came out that Baylor <laughs> went ahead and hosted a homecoming celebration with a whole bunch of people on the field. Now, from what I can tell of the photo, everyone was wearing a mask. Congrats. Social distancing whilst there? Not so much. And I... I've had people say, this doesn't have anything to do with the COVID cases at Baylor. No, but it does point to you're not taking this seriously, okay? You're not taking this seriously. Oklahoma State had canceled their homecoming events before the season. Jamie, I believe you mentioned Iowa State put all theirs online. Yeah, Iowa State didn't do any, like, big homecoming stuff, at least not officially. Not that I saw anyone doing anything unofficially there, thankfully. But they did – they sent out links for, like, the – big mass campanilling where everyone goes at midnight to the campanile on campus so they can, you know, kiss their honey, whatever. They made like a little video or something for that. I don't know. But they did their best to give people the effect without having any temptation to go do stuff in real life. Yeah, you know, and and to be honest, COVID-wise, like I thought I was going to be ripping on Kansas the same sort of thing because Les Miles got cleared to go to West Virginia um, before they actually got on the plane. And he came out basically at the last minute and said, you know what, after thinking it over, it's probably better that I don't go. I'm going to go ahead and stay back. And and so, like, I thought we were going to be in a similar situation where it was just showing that the Big 12 in general wasn't necessarily taking this as seriously as you would hope, it, you know, the, each of the individual schools. Um, but it seems like everybody else has made all the moves that they need to. And maybe it took them a little longer than you would think, but everybody kind of seems to understand what it is that they actually need to do. Baylor that those pictures were absolutely horrible. I know there was a lot of people saying, well, the angle of the pictures means that you can't really see 
how you know far apart they really were and it's like no no there, there was a lot of people you could see people that were kind of like moving in between the groups that were really really close but just to, to have something like that after you've canceled a game because of widespread covid cases you know even if you were trying to take all of the measures that you were supposed to the optics of that are absolutely horrible and what we've learned is that baylor still has not learned their lesson about optics no so I've seen posts and articles written that, that Baylor should forfeit games. I have my co-host on my OSU pod. Baylor should have forfeit games. I'm not on the forfeit stuff, primarily because, yes, it hurts Baylor, but it also can hurt other teams who have to play Baylor or don't have to play Baylor and can mess with the standings. I don't want to deal with that stuff. However, what is a good punishment? What, what, how can you punish teams who are not taking this shit seriously? The SEC has presented us with a solution. According to a memo sent by SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey last week, uh, schools will have their conference revenue distribution cut by $100,000 for each week that they do not follow COVID-19 protocols. That's according to Alex Scarborough of ESPN. Um, I I had seen some stuff of some certain teams have already had this happen to them. I I, I couldn't find that. I didn't want to go look it up, but I didn't have time from what i saw Philip, it, it, it wasn't that they've already lost money it's that they were given warnings initially um and then there was additional communications given to ad's i believe it's this week coming up is when they're forced they're going to start giving penalties in terms of financial cuts beautiful beautiful because of course we had vanderbilt missouri was uh, postponed this past week lsu florida was of course postponed, postponed as, as well because of coronavirus outbreaks i'm fine with that i do it do it look and if it's my school if oklahoma state screws up and, and they're not following protocols properly, and they get a bunch of, of a massive COVID outbreak because of their mismanaging of it, then yeah, find them and have Gundy sit down and it's like, dude, we've, we've got enough problems now. It's time to have a chat. I don't want any school to not take this seriously, I, including mine. So for Baylor, get your shit together. Don't do this crap anymore. Get it under control and take it seriously because so far it doesn't really feel like you do. I don't. Look, we're a Big 12 pod, but this is crap, and I'm done with it. All right. Anybody else? Any? My, my only other comment is that, Philip, you feel so strongly about everything we talked about today. You might have to put the explicit tag on this one. <laughs> I haven't I haven't dropped an F-bomb yet. I haven't done any of Not yet, things. but you're getting pretty close. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, my my children are within ear range, so I've, I've, I've gotten pretty good about not, about not doing that. Got the dad uh, filter on. Oh, the dad exactly. filter is always on in the house because they're always listening, even <laughs> when you think they're not. Like they just, they. Just, my daughter has started heavy sigh, and I was just like, "Oh crap!" Now she's listened to me do it enough times about things. Yeah, I love that. You know, they are always listening. There's, there's the movie The Hills Have Eyes. Well, the children have that allow them to hear like, <laughs> everything that happens in the house. Yes. Yes. Um. Okay, we're going to get to, to Saturday's games in a minute, but i got a couple of off-topics that, that we're going to discuss because we only had one game to get to. Um, I, I've been thinking about the podcast and, and things that want to do moving forward to to help grow the pod and just, just for some fun, right? Like, uh, it, no one's going to want to wear a 1012 podcast t-shirt, and I get it. It's not like our logo is really fun, but I thought if, if I wanted to sell apparel, if I wanted to do something like that, what do I need? I need something that you want to put on a shirt and wear. So I have decided... Whether we do shirts or not, that's not really the point. I've just come to the realization that I want to have a mascot for the 1012. What kind of mascot should the, at this point, people are like, I'm going to stop this podcast. We have more fun things coming, don't trust you. Um, and I've thought quite a bit this past week about what what the mascot for the 1012 should be. Um, 
I've asked each of you to bring something as well. Um, and my 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 thinking has been either a a pun about like spread offense because you know the Big Twelve just plays spread offense. Everybody spread offense, which is a term that we use slightly facetiously. Um, yeah. Um, or uh, I, a mascot that represents how the Big Twelve is viewed as a team that doesn't have defense but sneakily does. Something that you would look at an animal and be like, that that sweet, cuddly thing couldn't defend itself against uh, a pigeon. But oh, guess wait, it will. Um, and so I've gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I don't want to have any animal that's already avail- already in the Big 12. Um, I also thought about the like wagons and longhorns and cowboys. And then I was just like, nah, I don't want to deal with that crap. Um, so I have come down to two, two options. I also wanted something that would look cool if they had a cool design. Number one... And hear me out. Are the sea slugs? Now I know that's not like sexy. I don't care. But there's a certain kind of sea slug, which is called a nudie branch. Which saying nudie branch <laughs> makes me smile. Uh, it's got a lot of pretty colors. It's a cute little guy. It's got a couple little antennas. Um, and when and when when predators come after it, because they're like, oh, this is so nice. I will I will I will just go ahead and and eat it. It's so sweet. Nope. No. Uh, they're actually a form of jellyfish with stingers packed with paralyzing venom. So if you try and mess with it, it will knock you dead. That sounds perfect. Everyone's like, oh, the Big 12 and the offense, they're so cute. They don't play any defense here. Then we're going to get close and then, no. No, it's actually <laughs> jellyfish. And you are all dead now. So I understand sea slugs aren't sexy, but I think this sea slug is kind of sexy. So that's option number one. Option number two is a fire salamander. Okay. It's pretty. It's black and yellow. Which there's no black and yellow in. I don't want to hear about Iowa State. You're yellow and red. Okay. It's black and yellow. There's no black and yellow. This is great. When threatened, it can spray toxins that attack the central nervous system of its victim. That just sounds like terrifyingly beautiful <laughs> and, and deadly. So I am I am going to push forward that my proposals for the new ten twelve mascot are either the nudie branch. Sea slug, which is fun to say, or the fire salamander, which is cool looking, uh, attacks the central nervous system, which just sounds like, damn man, uh, and also looks cool. Okay, um, Jamie and Andy, I, I've, I've asked you both to, to bring a presentation of, of an animal you or of anything, any sort of mascot you would like. Uh, Jamie, why don't you go first here? Sure. Um, so we actually brought this up several weeks ago. And then we never talked about it on the podcast. And then we also never addressed it again. So I'm going to bring to the table the fact that I have a rabbit. And I have insider knowledge on the fact that rabbits, they look very soft and cuddly and very kind. And you think, hey, what could a rabbit ever do to you? And I'll tell you what a rabbit can do to you is if you walk into a room and he's expecting food that he hasn't been given yet, he will bite you on the ankle with his tiny little teeth. <laughs> and it's uh, it's a little scary. He'll run around you in circles and you'll trip over him. Uh, it's extremely unconventional as far as uh, one could say defense goes. But it's uh, it's pretty effective, and I think that very underrated as a whole, uh, nationally, in the world, very underrated animal. 
And that's why I think that, uh, I think it fits. I think it fits really pretty wish, well. I really wish I had the rights to play just a bite from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> is it behind the rabbit? No, it is the rabbit. It, that's my, that little known fact, that was inspired by my rabbit. Don't worry <laughs> about sense. the timeline. Uh, Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Look, look, time travel is a thing in, you know, any kind of popular TV show, so... This yeah. podcast is going to inspire that movie. Yeah, yes. there we go. There we go. No, no, actually, so, Philip, I'm, I'm glad that I got to go last because I think I have the winner here. Um, we need to go with the puffer. And hear me out here because you think about, you take a look at, and I'm actually looking at a picture one here that looks oddly football shaped, which would work out really, really well, you know, with the right oh, colors. Oh, that is clever. Yeah. But um pufferfish you know you look at it and you're like what is that ugly thing and honestly big 12 football nationally everybody thinks it's like ugly football like nobody really pays attention to it everybody underrates it but man you get it mad and you know as we've been known to, to do here we get something that we're a little bit upset about and we puff up and you know make a huge deal about it and you know it jumps up and bites somebody uh you know and so like that's what i'm imagining here puffer fish with all the, the sharp spines it blows up gigantic you know i think i mean i i just think it works on on so many different levels here all right so we got the the nudie branch sea slug the fire salamander the rabbit and the uh, puffer fish uh so we're gonna have to figure out which one of these is gonna become our new mascot so for those of you listening if you follow us on twitter at 1012 podcast t-e-n number 12 the word podcast uh tweet at us let us know what you like shoot us a dm let us know uh you can dm any of us, Andy, Jamie, or myself, let us know. I want, I want to hear what everybody likes. We'll probably throw a poll up on our Twitter account. Let people vote. People are going to be like, I don't know what's going on. You'll be like, well, you have to listen to the podcast. I'll tweet uh, a picture of the rabbit for good measure. Oh, you're going to have to do that. Yes, tweet. Yeah. And we will we will make sure and everyone can see the rabbit. Yes. I don't have. I wish I had like a gnarly scar to show from him attacking me. But... Get him to bite you and take a picture then. <laughs> you know, for, for the pod. I don't pod. know. I don't know if I'll survive another attack like that. Come on, come on. It's for the art. <laughs> Speaking of mascots and t-shirts and things, I am super pumped. If you were not aware, uh Homefield Apparel has just two big new Saturdays left this year. But what they have announced is that this next coming Saturday, five new schools. They're adding five, not one like usual, not like one like they did Louisville, and they've done Missouri, and they've done Florida State, and those are all great. Five, which increases the chance, and we don't know what they will, and they'll announce it on Monday, so by the time you listen to this podcast, you may already know what those five are. Fingers crossed one of them is a Big 12 school. I feel good. When last week I spoke with Homefield Apparel, they were working on a few Big 12 schools, so fingers crossed one of those can happen. I'm holding so, out hope for the sexy legs Jayhawk. Ooh, I'm just, I was just from, from, from the three schools I most want are Kansas, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia, because I will buy shirts from all of them. Obviously, Oklahoma State, that's selfish, but Kansas and West Virginia. I, I would be really intrigued to see what some old school TCU stuff looks like. Like, I really kind of want to see if there's a cool old school one. Uh, I was on there Saturday when Coastal Carolina won their game and officially is Big 12 champs. I was trying to find some Coastal Carolina gear. Alas, there was not any yet. Um, but... If you are like me and you want to rock some cool gear, just like Jamie, just like Andy, they have Iowa State and they have Baylor, whatever Baylor, uh, they have Iowa State, uh, go to wholefieldapparel.com. They are comfortable, awesome 
vintage designs. They keep putting out new ones every week, as we've mentioned. They are absolutely the kind of stuff you put on and people want to know about. You feel awesome wearing them. I know it's a t-shirt or a sweater because it's getting cold out. You can grab a hoodie. They're really comfortable. And apparently they're like sweatpants are uber super comfortable. I might the, have to invest in some. The sweatshirts have really long sleeves. Ooh. Highly recommend. Girls love that. Right? Tall. Six one girls really love that. Obviously. <laughs> so go to homefieldapparel.com. Uh, grab a couple things, throw them in the cart at checkout. Use 1012, capital T E N 1 2. Get 20% off your first purchase. Guys, I, I would suggest going if you haven't bought anything yet, if you've been waiting and like, what should I get? What should I get? Just get some. Just get some stuff. You can't go wrong. You absolutely cannot go wrong. Plus, all orders of $50 or more uh, include free shipping. So, homefieldapparel.com. And maybe one of these five schools coming out this week are going to be one that you want. This is the perfect time. Absolutely perfect time. So, homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code 1012, capital T, capital E, capital N, one, two. Get 20% off your first order and be rocking some super comfy, super awesome vintage sports apparel this Saturday. Okay, so I, I two two last things before we get out of here. One, I'm just, okay. So I went on the Bosco Boys podcast uh, that on Friday's episode, he was doing the 25th anniversary of the Big 12 and had somebody on from each school. And, and he, I don't know why I was why I talked about this. I've had this thing in my head going on for a while. And I've really been thinking about Big 12 expansion. And I know people get tired of expansion talk, and I get it. And we've seen some really cool stuff, and we've seen cool ideas. And I, and I love the one, I think, was it, was it Ari Wasserman? It was one of the guys from The Athletic that put out this summer about how the Big 12 should go and poach USC and Oregon, all the big schools in the Pac-12, and do a West Coast thing, and blah, 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 blah. And been thinking a lot about it, um, and, and I thought a lot about it more after we hit this COVID, and, and the the schedules got weird, and everyone's doing ten conference games, and the Big Twelve had to add one, and you know, let's just add BYU as a team for the year, and then we have ten. So I really started thinking about what the Big Twelve needs to do because in twenty twenty four the media rights deals are up, and it feels like the Big Twelve is going to do something. So what is the right move for the Big Twelve? Well, let's look at a couple of things. First. The Big 12 continues to fall behind, I think, as a conference behind the Big 10 and the, and the SEC. And I don't want to talk about the ACC because it's basically Clemson and everybody else. But when it comes to recruiting, the one thing that we've been pointed to time and time and time and time again, because recruiting matters, stars matter, guys get over it, it does. Coaching matters too. It's not the only thing, but it is a part of it. But to, do, to be successful in recruiting, you've got to have the money to do it. OU and Texas are very successful at recruiting because they've been very successful over long periods of time. But they also have a ton of money to spend on recruiting. Kansas should be recruiting better, but they're so bad it's, it's working against them because Kansas has money. Like KU has a ton of money. They have the third highest athletic revenue like budget of the Big Twelve, which sounds crazy to people. Part of that's because of basketball, but honestly, it's, if Kansas it's almost got entirely good, because of basketball, <laughs> right? But if Kansas got good at football, there's no reason they couldn't be one of the better recruiting football schools in the Big Twelve. Money matters, so you have got to make more money. And so the theory is that you add more schools, that means more eyeballs, that means conferences are going to pay more money for you, right? I think that's partially true and partially not true. I think it's less about more teams for games and more quality of games and more conference games. And what I mean by conference games is instead of everybody playing these eight or nine conference games, like maybe a game against a power five team that's worthwhile and then two games that don't, no one cares about. Even your own fans don't want to show up for. Like, let's be honest. 
the FCS games, they don't matter. But Big 12 is so unique and so interesting. The way it is, the, with the round-robin schedule. But I don't want to go to two divisions. I actually think the ACC is going to stick with no divisions to determine their conference championship after this season because it's going to go well and they're going to like it and they're going to realize it's going to benefit them as opposed to having Clemson versus whichever team comes out of the other division at 7-5 and five every year. So my proposal for the Big 12 is not to add two teams, not to add three teams, not to add four, six, or anything. I think they should just add one. I think the Big 12 needs to go to 11. I think they need to keep the conference round-robin schedule, which means you play 10 conference games. I think you require everyone to play one Power 5 out of conference. And you can schedule one of the game whatever you want. I'll even shut up about FCS games if that's what they do. The number of conference games go up. This com- the quality of your schedule goes up. And I think you can make a whole lot more money off of that than just adding a bunch of teams that people might care about. Here's the other reason I think this is going to benefit the Big 12. 2026 is when we all think this is when the current contract for the playoff ends, and we all think it's going to expand. Whether that's to six or to eight, eight seems most likely. If you notice anything about Alabama that's really interesting, they have been playing these neutral site season openers forever, right? They always put them closer to them than the opponent, but they do it all the time. Alabama has shifted their scheduling. They are now scheduling home and aways with quality opponents. Alabama has two Power 5 non-conference games on the schedule every season starting in 2025 moving forward. Why would they do that? Because when the playoff expands, two things are going to happen. One, conference championships are going to matter more because if you win the conference, you're automatically going to probably get in the playoff. And two, when it comes to those last few teams, records matter, but strength of records is going to matter a lot too. The Big 12 can add all the teams they want. They're always going to have a hard time getting two teams in. So you're going to get your conference championship in, champion in. Okay, So that's great. So if you're trying to improve in recruiting, your conference champ is going to get in, and you're still always going to have a hard time getting two teams, maybe. If it's all about money, sell more conference games than just selling more games. And I understand you could add more conference games if you add four teams. I just think going to 11 and keeping the round up and schedule that more and more people are starting to respect, I honestly believe because I hear it more, I think is the smarter move than trying to add two and three and four and five and six. Well, and to your point here, Philip, you know, part of the, the thought process always was get into a new market, add a whole bunch of new TV sets so that you can charge more for your, your conference package. And what we've found now, especially as, more and more people are going away from the big cable packages, doing more a la carte stuff. That that model doesn't add up anymore. And if they're not getting that, you know, like adding one additional team is not adding more than one additional team's share worth of revenue to conference deals. And so the more teams you add, the more mouths you have to feed, which means the more likely any big bump you're going to get from any one school is going to get diluted for everybody else. And so it's about it's it's not about adding people. It's about adding the right people. So unless you can go out and you can get, say, USC and Oregon and UCLA, you know, and, and like guys, you know, teams that are going to bring a lot of eyeballs and are going to get a lot of people wanting to get, you know, your conference uh, rights there, it's not going to have the financial impact that they want. The Big 12 is the only, and honestly, the only reason the Big 12 is staying consistent on a per school basis is because. Big 12 is also the only conference that does not take all the third tier rights. And so the individual schools are able to go sell those third tier rights and make about the same amount of money overall as a lot of these other conferences are schools. And so, you know, that, that 
key to the Big 12 success so far is that they've been able to do just enough as a conference with a small enough conference to make enough money so that individual schools can supplement that income with their third tier rights and get the money that they need to remain competitive. So yeah, it's, it's a matter of if they're going to expand, they need to find the right school. What I'm curious though, if you're advocating for just one, what's the one school that you think they should add? So it's uh, two notes. First off, every time people talk about what teams to add, this is where <clears throat> proposals break down and everyone has too many opinions and they, don't, they like it or don't based off that. One is hard uh, because you want to get the right one. The right one matters. Um, and I have three options and I will list them in, quarter, in, in order from least likely to most likely. Least likely, but the one that makes the most damn sense is to figure out how to patch up the relationship between the Big 12 and Nebraska. Ensure that you make enough in this new TV package you're going to sign when everyone signs their new massive TV packages that Nebraska doesn't lose much, if any, from not going staying in the Big 10. It's a good thing for Nebraska. They're not happy in the Big Ten. They're not winning in the Big Ten. It's not benefiting other than, like they can get all the money in the world. It's not helping them win any games. Nebraska back in the Big Twelve would be beneficial. It is a positive story. Those rivalries renewed, especially those first couple seasons, are going to be huge. That is the kind of stuff that networks would pay more for by having. I know Nebraska is, and we made jokes about Ohio State, and Nebraska. I understand that. I'm not saying Nebraska is like awesome. But people still talk about We're talking about Nebraska. People still talk about Nebraska all the time. They still do. It's annoying. I get it. But they do. That matters. It's a loyal fan base. They care. Rivalry is back. I think it makes the most sense to just figure out how to get Nebraska back. That would Why that's the most difficult is ensuring you get enough money to get them to do so. Figuring out how to deal with the hurt feelings between both sides, which is really just like, shut up and deal with it. Do what's right for both of you. It's, I think it's the most beneficial to the conference and and for Nebraska. I think it makes the most sense. It's just the least likely scenario because there's too many egos involved for that to happen. Number two. This was a little more complicated. Call the ACC. If they do what I think they're going to do, which is basically maybe they keep the divisions or not, but go to a divisionless championship game like the Big 12 does because they found out that's kind of a neat thing and it benefits. Um, if you're not going to have divisions anyways, call the ACC, offer them West Virginia. And West Virginia, I think, would be happy to go. And this isn't a shot of West Virginia. I love having West Virginia. It's tons of fun. They're fun football. Bob Huggins is uh, – I would hate losing them in, in basketball. But let West Virginia go to where they belong in the ACC and then co-poach both Arizona schools from the Pac-12. That makes more sense to go west anyways. It makes more sense to add those two schools together. If you're going to add a school from out west, just adding USC geographically makes no sense. And with all the financial issues we're dealing with, with all the people realizing how important geography is and trying to save money, just adding USC sounds really good. But then it's not. It's it's non-starter. It's not going to make any sense. USC is just going to use the potential to leave for leverage. Could you convince both Arizona schools to make a whole lot more money by joining the Big 12, also not having to play as many Pac-12 after dark games? think you might be able to that makes a lot of sense arizona state's getting better arizona is, is the kind of school i look at and go with the, the quality of recruiting continuing to grow in arizona there are studs in arizona that is a great recruiting place as soon as they fire or hire a good coach at arizona a competent one there's no reason arizona shouldn't be good there's none there's no reason arizona shouldn't be a good football school let west virginia go go grab both of those they're both power five schools this is the one thing about these first two plans they're 
we're talking about bringing power five schools in. That's how you make more money. So that's option two. Option three is the most likely, but it's the hardest one because I don't know of any other power five schools you're going to grab, right? Like no one's leaving the SEC. Nebraska is the only realistic option for leaving the Big Ten. The Big 12, some Big 12 schools make more than ACC schools. Some don't. It's all about that third tier right stuff. And with the ACC locked into this new ESPN contract, no one's leaving the ACC. Pac-12 is the only conference you could go to and be like, you tired of being in the laughing stock? Let's not. You go poach back. But I don't want Colorado. Like, I have zero interest in Colorado. They are not good. We've been down that road. Don't need that. That's not going to sell anything for anybody. No one cares about Colorado football. They're not good. And they're not going to be good anytime soon. So forget Colorado. You're going to have to go G5. BYU might be the best option. I know we don't love bringing in another religious institution. Baylor's big enough of a problem, but BYU's good. They've got a big fan base. It's all over the country, which is a good thing for selling digital eyeballs. And if not BYU, you just figure out which American Athletic Conference team has been the best and most consistent and you think you can sell the most for and then approach them. Because I promise you, Cincinnati or Memphis will both come. Houston is a non-starter for me. I don't want Houston. Don't bother with Houston. Do not bring Houston in. Houston helps, bringing in Houston only helps Houston. It hurts everybody else not named Oklahoma and Texas, especially in recruiting. Do not bring in Houston. That is a non-starter. It is a terrible idea. Agreed. Might as well be the Texas conference at that point. Oh, yeah. State of no. Texas. Send, send, send me somewhere else. I don't want to deal with that crap. Every, again, in recruiting, everyone not named Oklahoma or Texas will be hurt in recruiting by Houston joining the Big 12. It is Agreed. not a good thing for the conference. That is a non-starter for me. End of story. So so the one that I think that you, that you put out there that I think is least realistic is poaching the two Arizona schools. And I know it's been talked about all over the place. The biggest problem that I have with that, especially if you don't get rid of West Virginia, which I realize that your plan would require them to get rid of West Virginia, but um, you know, Arizona half the year is two time zones away, uh, which is a big problem. I think when you're trying to deal with central time zone and then Pacific time zone, and it's a, Real big, like that's a real big hurdle to overcome. It, it is, it's, it's essentially the same sort of thing as like they were talking about going and grabbing two Florida schools a while back. Like they're just completely disconnected from the rest of the conference. There's not a natural bridge to get over there. I think it becomes a real big problem. What I thought you were going to say when you were talking about talking to the ACC was do a straight swap, Louisville for West Virginia. And I think it makes sense for both of those schools to get back into their more geographical natural area. Louisville was pushing hard to become a member of the Big 12 the last time the Big 12 expanded and didn't go with them and took West Virginia instead. I think it makes a lot of sense. It brings a lot of value, it's, I think, for everybody. Texas is allow fun, them by the way. More regionalized. No, I, I, right. I agree. Um, and then if you're looking for another, another team after that, it makes sense to me to either go for BYU because of everything you said about them being a national, and I realize it's the whole religious school, but – you know, the biggest the biggest thing schedule-wise for BYU is that they won't do any kind of competitions on Sunday, but the Big 12, for the most part, you know, it, it doesn't have any of those, except for in things like baseball and softball. And, and soccer does sometimes, but they do have some on Saturday. Like, you'd have to work around it, but it's definitely doable with the way that the Big 12 schedules are set up. Um, but, you know, if, if not someone like BYU, then going after Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the, by far, I think, the, the most – the, the G5 school that makes the most sense 
They have been consistently a good football team and have a very consistent basketball team, the two most important sports for a Big 12 membership. So like, I think there's a lot of options there if you are going to the 11. Um, but I also just, you know, I've seen a lot of people talk about the Arizona schools. It just doesn't make as much sense to me as it does to a lot of people because there's that disconnect, especially if you don't add another school to get that bridge out there to them. Uh, the two things I will say on the topic, I'm not a good logistics person, so I'm just kind of listening and learning from you guys. Uh, I think it's all very interesting, and I would never pretend that I could have more insight than anyone else. I just kind of roll with it. The first thing I will say is uh, if there, if when there are like conference realignments again, I hope that they are extremely smooth and I hope that it is extremely easy because the last time that happened in the Big 12 was extremely stressful around my house because Iowa State got a little concerned they might be left on the outside of some possibilities and thankfully everything ended up okay but that was nuts like that was a lot to deal with so it's nice that things as far as like the points you're making, TV rates, stuff like that. Like the Big 12 mostly does stuff pretty well so that the members are pretty happy with where they're at right now. Hopefully that continues. The second thing is when you're talking recruiting, when you're talking stuff like that, I think the other thing to consider is the national landscape is going to be unrecognizable in a couple of years because we're looking at NIL, we're looking at transfers running rampant. I don't even know that you can gauge for sure because half of me says it's gonna just super divide the haves and the have well more than half of me says it's gonna super divide the haves and the have nots but that could also be a really powerful tool to get some of those people like BYU who do have really widespread fan bases who have people that might be more uh you know wanting to contribute wanting to support their team stuff like that um, that could be a draw for the Big 12 and a draw for them. But um, the rest of that, yeah, it's it's nuts. But yeah, it'll be really interesting because the landscape is just going to be so, so different by the time any of this comes about. I can't wait to get the Twitter response to this. But people tell me why my idea is stupid and why so-and-so shouldn't be part of the conference. And I will say... It's all just for fun, friends. It's all just for fun. This is Thank what happens you for when your you opinion. only. Yes, this is what happens when you only have one game because Baylor, who has apparently uh, resumed football activities and scheduled a practice for today, which was Sunday, so they can play their game a day after they could have played. Oklahoma. No, there's no shenanigans going on there at all. It really be like that. Someone, someone was scared to play Oklahoma State. It sounds like I, I'm, I'm just going to call it out. They were scared <laughs> to play Oklahoma the, State. That's the official. No, this is just. Anyways, I'm not gonna use that language. You d- you don't have to say it. I will say it for you. <laughs> no, no, because then I still have to believe it. Okay, I know Andy. We gotta get you out of here. So let's go with this. Let's wrap up this show here. Uh, obviously, we have a full schedule, assuming no one else screws anything up this weekend. And by no one else, I mean you know just yeah. Five games: Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, TCU, Baylor, Texas, and West Virginia, Texas Tech. Andy, why don't you take this one first? Which game are you most interested in this coming Saturday? Uh, well, you know, I I, I want to try to be funny and say that it's the Kansas game, but that I'm absolutely not. I mean, you know, that is a that is the Sunflower Showdown, and theoretically, it might be interesting, but uh, but I'm just going to assume that it's 
hot. So I really think the one that's going to be the most competitive and going to be the most interesting, um, believe it or not, is actually I think that West Virginia versus Texas Tech game. Texas Tech looks to have a decent offense um, and could be entertaining. West Virginia looks to have a really good defense and have some problems on offense. And so we're going we're gonna to see strength versus strength and then a weakness versus weakness, have absolutely no idea how that one's going to turn out. It has the most potential to be super entertaining. It also has the most potential to be completely lopsided because one of those units just completely destroys the other that we thought was good, but turns out probably wasn't. Fair. So uh, I know that we always have to have justification if it's our own team. So uh, I will say that I am the most interested in the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game, but... Okay, first of all, on like our personal team level, it is, there is a solid argument to be made that it's like the biggest game in Iowa State history, just based on where we're at, where Oklahoma State is at, how things could shake out the rest of the season. But as far as the conference as a whole goes, there's also a compelling argument to be made that, well, it doesn't, it's not even an argument that needs to be made. This has huge championship game implications. Uh, obviously Oklahoma state right now rolling, um, in a weird situation after having multiple weeks off in a row. And then they've got this stretch of tough games coming up and this is the first one. And so this can really set the tone for them as far as the kind of downswing of the season goes, if they come out and they're extremely, convincing here if they just beat Iowa State down you're looking at it like okay yeah they're legit they're gonna keep rolling if it's a competitive game like I'm personally hoping and a lot of people are thinking it will be then you say okay the Big 12 a lot still up in the air a lot still to be decided look personally I I will be watching that game I would agree if Oklahoma State hadn't just had to spend like three weeks waiting around because you know Baylor um which I think, like I don't think you ask anybody. That much time off is not good for a team. So instead of having in the two of teams, season, yeah. right, two teams who you feel good about, and Oklahoma State just beaten Baylor this past weekend, and they were coming off of a win, and Iowa State's coming to like, I would be even more excited about this game. I don't feel good about this game from an Oklahoma State side at all because I feel like Iowa State has the market advantage of having had a week off, not two weeks off. And now Oklahoma State's got to come into this and try and get things going. If this was a more, I want to say fair, but if the situations were more even here, I would be completely all over this game. I still think it's the biggest game in the Big 12. There's no arguing that from a standpoint of determining the Big 12 title game teams and so on and so forth. I agree with that. I just, from the game on the field, man, I've got to see how Oklahoma State looks because it's just a, a shitload of time to just be practicing. Uh, the other game I am really interested in is Oklahoma and TCU. Um, OU got that ugly multiple turn overtime win over Texas. We have yet to see Oklahoma. I mean, congrats on that win. It's not like they came away and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Oklahoma's bounced back. Uh, no. Um, I'm really intrigued by OU and TCU. Now, what? Gary Patterson has not been great against Oklahoma. Like, as good of a defensive mind as he is, OU seems to win this game pretty regularly. Um, since 2012, OU is one and one, or is, oh, TCU is one and eight. Um, we've had some close games, but TCU has just not been able to get this this win in this series. 
Well, it's not a TCU team that beat Texas as well, but that proved to be fool's gold. Uh, losing to Kansas State, how will Max Duggan like? I'm just, I'm in, for TCU and Oklahoma, two teams with two losses in conference, people have had some varying thoughts on them. I don't think Oklahoma is out of this Big 12 title game race as much as everybody else does. I'm really interested to see how Oklahoma looks. Um, I'm really interested to see how Spencer Rattler looks. I'm really interested to see how Max Duggan and TCU look. Uh, this is a very interesting game to me because I, I'm so curious about how both these teams look coming off of an idle week against each other in a series where one team has dominated in it from a, a wins and losses standpoint. I agree on Oklahoma State, Iowa State. That is the biggest game for the Big 12 this weekend just from a race to the conference championship game. Obviously, Kansas State, Kansas, you feel like Kansas State should be able to get the win in that one and, and, and keep rising up the, the, the standings in the Big 12. Baylor, Texas, I mean, hook them. Uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech. I agree. That's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. So we've got a full five-game slate this weekend. As we mentioned, Kansas, Kansas State, 11 a.m. on FS1. Oklahoma, TCU on ABC at 11. Uh, 2.30 has Baylor, Texas on ESPN. Iowa State, Oklahoma State at 2.30 on Fox. And then a 4.30 kickoff. I'm sorry, what? Uh, between West Virginia and Texas Tech on ESPN2. I'm sorry. I, what is a 4.30 kickoff? What is what is that even? That is, we had no idea what to do with this thing, so we just threw a dart at a random. Exactly. Oh my gosh! So no, it's not the, a kickoff time in Central Time. The, the one, the one other note that I will let you, you know, uh, uh, that Baylor Texas game is an interesting one. I'm definitely going to have it on it on the second screen because I am going to hate watch the crap out of that. You know, that is one of those where I wish that both teams would lose that game because I. I Absolutely want the bottom to fall out for Tom Herman and him get fired. Just, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. Anyway, and, and Baylor, like, I almost want something ridiculous to happen. Like, Baylor wins this game and then later has to forfeit it for using an, in, 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 ineligible player or something <laughs> like that. Like, I want both of these teams to lose this game. And that's the only way that I can think of for that to happen. Maximum pain. Yes. Andy, I like where your head's at. That's a view. Let's just say that this is definitely going to be a podcast where only nine teams in the Big 12 want to listen to. And not Look, I will say some. I have said some very positive things about Baylor basketball, so we'll just leave it at that. All right, as always, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, 1012podcast, T-E, and the number two of the word, podcast. Uh, leave us a rating and review, five stars, please, if you don't mind. It helps people get, helps get the word about the show, helps other people find it. Uh, and if you like something, you should share it with others uh, because that's the kind thing to do. Uh, you can always follow us on Instagram as well, 1012pod. Uh, we have an Instagram live every Wednesday night at 7.30. Uh, you can follow our good friend Andy Mitz at andymitz12. That's M-I-T-T-S. And, of course, you can follow our good friend Jamie Styers at jstyes, S-T-E-Y-Z. We'll be back on Thursday with our picks. I'm so excited to have been 2-0 this past weekend, so I'm going to rub that in their faces even though I'm still way behind. And we will talk to you guys again then. Sports Social Podcast Network.